Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving.Teach podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by the coolest dude we've ever had on the show, uh, Jeff Funny uh, from uh, from the West Coast. He's he's a model. Um, he's an adoptee. And uh, it, we've got something else in common. Um, our biological mothers both named us David. Um, but uh, right. yeah, I, I gave up. I was laughing with Jeff before we before we started recording, I gave up my modeling at the age of nine. I, I, I passed my peak, but uh, Jeff was, um, yeah, a, a dude, a model. And uh, yeah, you're a, you're a photographer now as well. Yeah. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. From the yeah. West coast. So a dude, I feel this dude we've ever had on a show. So when I was talking to Jeff um, last month, I think uh, we, he came up with this phrase of uh, his, his journey, and he said it's the journey to the centre of the South. And I thought that would be a really great start uh, point to uh, to start off our conversation today. So yeah, and you said Jeff, you're still on that on that that journey, right? It's an ongoing journey, uh, continually learning more and more, and. Uh, I don't profess to know everything. I'm, uh, you know, keeping myself curious and taking it all in. There's there's more to go and digger uh, deeper to dig in this yeah. uh, reunion uh, adoption uh, world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the not knowing is is somehow seen by many as a bad thing i think not knowing is in 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 our area is is a it's a great thing right because it, it's it is about that curiosity um and, uh, and 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 keeping going and finding our finding our truths um and the truth sets us free as somebody far wiser than me once said yeah yeah yeah. yeah, well, uh, the curiosity to look, um, well, that was really kind of the impetus to uh, um, wanting to know, as uh, as someone else mentioned to me before, I, I needed to find out my chapter one. As, uh, as I had mentioned before, I was talking to another adoptee and they said, you know, you know, if uh, you were going to buy a book at the bookstore you wouldn't start on chapter two so as adoptees we need to know our chapter one that first chapter of our life so um digging deeper into that and and navigating the relationship once um once reunion has happened it's it can be a little more difficult than definitely more difficult than what i thought it would be um the reunion is a wonderful thing and 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 that's and yes and that is a wonderful thing but uh there is more to it that's kind of more the starting point when a lot of times i think people think the uh, reunion is the end it's just uh, just the beginning yeah wow wow yeah i mean i i never got a chance to reunite with my birth mother cuz she she'd actually died like maybe 13 years i think before i even started looking started looking for her so yeah um but there was a lot I, I found a lot of solace in the and, and and peace came from what i found during that the, the document search you know and, and finding out my pre-chapter one i guess my uh the, the 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 what do they start with in a in a novel they'll start with um the uh the forward the forward yeah the forward so i kind of I didn't know my whole chapter one, but I, I, I knew something in my, my forward. So what, but I, do you think many people these days, adoptees, they think that, it, do, do, we, do, do you think we underestimate what happens afterwards? Or, because you, you said it was tougher than you thought it was going to be. Yeah, I do think we underestimate, well, at least speaking for myself, I certainly did. Maybe there are some people that are more informed going into it, um, but I have to think there's some curveballs that come down 
come down the pipe that you were not expecting and um, that give shed some light, whether it's, uh, you know, shed some light on how this all happened and came to be, whether it's uh, things you want to see in that room of darkness or things you're, oh, I'm a, I'm a little bummed. I've just learned that, but it's, it's all part of it. So sometimes there's, yeah, sometimes there's really great things to learn about it. And some of it's a little uh, tougher to swallow, but it's all part of our story. Yeah. Cause uh, I've heard uh, other adoptees talk about a, a honeymoon period. Um, did you have one of those? Yeah. Yes. And that's, you know, that's the kind of the culmination of a lot of searching. And it's, I feel it's more of being kind of a detective trying to find the biological roots and getting through those hurdles. Cause a lot of that's bureaucratic hurdles. You know, a lot of us were closed adoptions and you're, even though you're 18 years old and you would like to know your medical history or your some of the roots of your beginnings, uh, you know, they won't give it to you. So um, I think uh, there's more, more there than, uh, yeah, oftentimes more than what you anticipate. Yeah. But the honeymoon period happens and then you realize, okay, uh, that's been done. And how did we get here in the first place? And that's where a lot of the uh, tougher work begins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing that came to my mind is, is, is you know, you've been in um, LA and all, and I was thinking about that. Uh, so many people come to LA to to break into the movies, and 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 you know they start. They have got to, they've got to wait tables. They've got to do a side hustle whilst they wait for their big, uh, you know, to, to be to be discovered, and and. Uh, the the whole focus is on their um the the whatever it is like getting their first role or getting the Oscar or whatever that is, and we kind of we put we see that that doesn't always work out for them. So the uh, I think Jim, have you heard talk, Jim Carrey's talking about? I wish everybody could be rich and famous, um, rich, famous and successful, something like that, so that they can see it's it's not all that it's cracked up to be. So. Um, what what I think is, and, and the, they, there's obviously there's there's quite a lot of self destruction happens after that because they 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 um, they think that the Oscar or the the leading role or whatever they think that that's going to give them happiness and then it doesn't right. and and then uh, and then they've got to do a load of soul soul searching for um or, or, you know like it's like the the end of the search doesn't always end exactly it's a, it's a little bit of like the dog that caught the car you know the dog wants to bark at the car as it passes down through the village and but once you if the car stops what's what, what do you got you know you got a car and the dog doesn't know what to do with it um and i always remember i i did work with a photographer one time and he said something wonderful he said you know, they always teach you how to be successful in life, but they don't teach you what to do with the success, the success once you have it. And I think Jim Carrey was touching on that. Um, now that you're here, um, it ain't as easy as you think. And I think there's an element of that in the adoption reunion. And there's um, there's a lot of gate uh guilt and shame that's around it so there's it's you know whether you're the adoptive parent uh the birth parent or the adoptee i think probably i, I would tend to think that it's mostly in the birth parent realm especially the birth mother but there's there's a lot of yeah shame and uh and uh maybe regret as to how this all went down and um so you're trying to patch things back together in this relationship with a biological parent um that uh can be clouded with some of that shame and guilt and the problem with shame and guilt is that it gets in the way of believing you can be healed as a person yeah, believing that you're worthy of healing. So if you've got a lot of that going on in your head, 
um, you, it's, you're not as receptive to the ability to kind of move through and do the healing. Yeah. I, I've had, a, uh, I think I've had four birth mothers on the show now. Um, and I really, uh, that, that, that guilt thing is, you know, it, it just, it, it, it comes across as part of their experience and um, yeah. a lot. I've no, I've had more than four actually, probably more, more five or six. I, I, I met one a Canadian adoptee and she, she came on the show and she with a birth mother, not her birth mother, but an, another birth mother. She was in a, in a, right. an adoption group with, and this Canadian adoptee, it's similar age to me, probably a little bit older. She said that when she met her birth mother, her, she knew that she was a birth mother because of the records or the name or, you know, it, it was unequivocal, right? But this birth mother was so traumatized that she couldn't admit it. She couldn't admit to having done, to, to, to you know, that this was, you know, like, yeah no it's there and i i feel for them and i um i i understand that sometimes we won't get the exact it could you know the exact answer that maybe we were hoping to get and i've kind of learned to allow that to exist but to continue with the relationship knowing that there is sometimes so much going on there that it's really hard to um for a birth mother or father to say it to themselves that they were admitted to themselves. So I think it's important that we work on healing ourselves and we don't necessarily need the, uh, we don't need our biological roots to conspire with us in this healing, uh, movement. Um, sometimes they're kind of behind you and you're moving forward and they might be stumbling on their own things, but I'm not, angry with them i'm not holding their feet to the fire or, or pointing fingers or putting blame um there was a lot going on uh, during our baby scoop era and to this day uh external factors or some internal ones that lead you to the path of relinquishment and i get it i there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on in your head once that's been done and now you've been confronted and meet your, you know, biological son or daughter that uh, you had to relinquish due to some of these factors and it can be hard. So, um, yeah. yeah. So did, did you make a distinction there between our healing and, and where they're at? Is that what you were trying to get at? Well, I think that in our paths, your path of healing, mine, um, I think a lot of times they can join up with a biological parent's path. I mean, there's a lot of conversations happening and talking, and a lot of times that healing can kind of one hand can wash the other, but a lot of times you're just underneath the, with one hand, with a little soap and a little water, and you're not able to, you know, you're kind of just using your, your one hand to wash your hand. Um, and I think that's that's okay, and that's going to happen in reunions. A lot of times, the other person isn't in step, in lockstep with you in their healing uh, journey. So I think it's I think we are we have the ability to heal on our own. Um, I'm hoping that people can get some healing done in conversation with a biological parent talking to the adoptive parents, other fellow adoptees, but not everybody's going to be uh, exactly in timing with you. And some people might not ever get to that spot, but yeah. there still is a world of uh, healing that can be done even if they're not completely in sync. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love your metaphors, man. I really do. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of your metaphors. Um, uh, washing well, you hopefully some more. yeah <laughs> that's cool um so what what does healing i've been thinking about this uh a, a lot i what my definition is of healing and i've uh, i don't I think i really asked anybody else about it because 
I don't know. It's, maybe I'm just not far enough along. But um, what what does healing mean to you, Jeff? What, how would you just define? Good question. I think healing, and I'm I'm doing it all the time. I you know working on it every day. Um, but I think uh, the healing is understanding things that I do in my life. Um, things that, that I can see need work, understanding where it comes from, trying to identify those things, uh, more clearly and whether it's calm myself or speak to myself with an internal dialogue to understand where it comes from, um, and it, uh, in one aspect, uh, that that healing there, and then other, yeah, it's because it, then when other things come up, whether I have a conversation with my wife or child, and it touches on something maybe with an ab abandonment issue, yeah, identifying it there. Um, sometimes you can have, am I good enough for this position or am I going to be able to do this job or this is a big photo project? Um, identifying that a lot of the self-doubt comes from a spot that is um, from a primal spot and being able to yeah, identify um, and hopefully lessen the impact it has on my life today. So I find the more I talk with other people like you and people I have lunch with here in Los Angeles or conversations on the phone, um, really the more I can understand who I am and how I got here, I feel more like I got more dirt between my toes, so to speak, feel more grounded. And that groundedness helps me uh, as I go out there. But, you know, you could ask me probably in a year from now, I could return to this show right here. And we, in a year, I might have a different perspective with a, you know, uh, a little more insight. Uh, but it's an ongoing uh, process. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. And I'm, I'm, I'm a believer of it too. Right. And working on it, uh, working on it, on it every day. Um, and, uh, and, and, and stuff coming up. So I had an interesting one, uh, on Sunday, I got an email from somebody who'd, uh, it was going to come on the show and they were basically, um, trashing my, trashing something that I'd said on, on the podcast. That will happen. Absolutely. I've, it's happened to me as well. Probably not to the extent for you. You've got, uh, you know, a podcast with a, a lot of interviews, but yeah. And how did, how did you feel when that happened? I, I felt under attack. Yeah. I, I, I felt a visceral, it was a visceral feeling. It wasn't, it wasn't just in my head. It, it was in my body. Um, I, uh, the, and, and I, so yeah, I felt it like a, a tingling sensation all over all over my body, and I'm 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 feeling it now actually. I'm, I'm feeling it now, and and um, uh, and um, and I didn't respond to the email because I knew yeah. that I I had good. That Always give yourself some time. <laughs> give me some time, and and I and I didn't respond. So she sent me another one, um, and. I felt that that feeling again of being under attack, and and then um, and I still didn't respond, and I, and then Monday morning uh, I looked at the email again, and uh, I felt okay. the The threat had gone, yeah. um, and and I I actually emailed my mentor say I, 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 what I've just said in a, in, in a fewer in fewer words and saying is 
is this is this what you mean by healing because what we're doing is we're well is this and um she's going to answer she's going to answer that on her podcast she runs uh you know like people ping her questions and she answers them on a podcast so um i'm i'm interested to see what she's what she says about that um but yeah it's awareness it's the awareness bit first yeah and i think you also touched on something else which you know i i photograph adoptees it's a side project as i mentioned briefly i was photographing ray Liotta. he was here at the home studio and he said hey what's up with the black rocks in your sink and i said oh my birth mother's kind of a hippie and he said oh you just said the magic word you're adopted so am i so that kind of all that after about uh, about three or four years of it being a great story to tell at a dinner party i started taking photos of adoptees and sharing their stories the problem with sharing our stories i mean there's no problem with that per se but i think it's important as adoptees telling our story and listening to other people's stories they're just telling their point of view it doesn't mean everybody is under the a lot of time i said something recently and they're like but that's not the way it happened for me and that's right it i'm just saying my perspective and there are so many stories and events that fall under the umbrella of the adoption constellation like we have to allow room for everybody to share without being judged or finger pointed at and saying that's not the way it happens um i I, yeah there's a tendency that we want to when someone say adoptees lives matter they want to say well all lives matter it's a little bit like we're only we're sharing just what's happening in our personal situation i try not to paint with a broad stroke because what happened with me is not the exact same that happened to you or uh, everybody else even though i say a lot of times about 90 percent of my life i can identify in simon's life but i reserve that five or ten percent we all had our unique little recipe you know you got a little bit more salt and you know paprika and your in your menu mine was a little more heavy on the uh garlic garlic powder and something else so i came out this way you got that but just because you had a lot of uh, salt and paprika doesn't mean I need to get all feathers ruffled that uh, it, yours was your own situation. So, and I do see that when I follow a lot of people on Instagram, people say, no, it's not this or that. And I see these people that put out very uh, vulnerable posts and sometimes they can get attacked kind of the same way you felt. And I, I would like to encourage all of us to be a little more open and tolerant and, um understanding and empathetic to everybody's unique story and they can be you know very different in range on the spectrum yeah yeah um this uh when we come to this this thing about self-doubt i've spent a lot of time in deep conversations with non-adoptees and they have a lot of self-doubt too. It's, it's, right. It, it seems to me to be a human thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will put my hand up in in, in the fact that I, I've blamed self-doubt on adoption. but uh, And I've seen lots of other people on adoption too. But I think it, it it I have done a lot of hanging of stuff on adoption. And I've been I I talk about pinning the tail on the wrong donkey, right? Right. I have pinned the tail I've I have blamed adoption for lots of things that are human. Not exactly not not adoption re- related. Yes, I am with you on that. Uh, quite uh, quite similar. I'm always trying to parse out how much of this was adoption related and how much of this speaking to my non-adopted friends, which are 
plentiful because <laughs> most aren't. Um, is this a, a human reaction and, and, or how much of this, like I have a, well, if I'm in a discussion with my wife and maybe it's, it's, it's going South, not going well. If she leaves the room and walks out of the room for me, I really don't like that. Um, is, you know, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with my abandonment. I, I want them to stick around and let's talk it out. But there could be a good chance that there are non-adoptees that also don't like that. So I'm always trying to figure out how much um, is related to our chapter mm -hmm. one and all that stuff that we didn't know about ourselves that has come back now. So I, I think that's the ongoing crux of the situation for adoptees, trying to continually figure out what we're dealing with and how much of it has to do with this or that. And the more we can look at it, uh, I think, you know, we can get more wisdom and insight on it. And again, probably in a year, I'll have more, more to tell you, Simon, mm -hmm. I'll have more then, but um, yeah, it's an ongoing, ongoing thing. Ongoing I'm thing. with you on that. I, I, the, the, the mentor that I asked, this question too you know that um that, that yeah. she's going to answer on her podcast um i once had a similar conversation i had a conversation with her last year uh about this kind of um attribution thing you know like do do, do we well attribution it's like a posh word i think it's a posh word for blame right right yeah uh so categorization or whatever um we would call it passing i think you, you do the passing thing um and, and 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 I asked her about this, and she said, "You'll never know, Simon." I was like, "What did she say?" What? You'll never know. You'll never know. And I was like, <laughs> "Absolute! I'm getting. I'm, I'm feeling this in my bones. I'm on my skin again now. Blown away. I was absolutely blown away by that because I I, I was an attribution guy. I'm looking, you know, like." I um, in a previous life, you know, I, I I ran the family business, and I was look I was looking for okay all the time. I had four or five staff, um, and I wasn't a great leader. I was always looking for okay, well, what what's wrong with our what's wrong with our product? How you know what, what what's wrong with our marketing? What's wrong with our sales? What's wrong with our processes? What's right with our processes? What's right with our sales? How can we do more? How can we do more of the stuff that works? And how can we do less of the stuff that don't work? And so, you know, I would disappear at my own a-hole looking for, you know, for, for, um, uh, on the analysis, thing, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and it was publishing, right? So, uh, it, it, like, lawyers are always looking for what's wrong in the contracts. Auditors, right. accountants are looking for what's wrong in, in the numbers that the client's given them. Publishers are looking for the apostrophe. You know, the look, right. we're, we're always looking for what's wrong and it's a publishing business. Like so you're always looking for what's wrong and trying to figure out how to make it right. And, um, you know, I took that approach into adoption and it's not a good one to take. Not yeah, no, it almost makes you wonder, like, what are we doing here if we're not going to ever know, if we won't know uh, how much to attribute here or there? Uh, it almost seems like well then what what use is it but i i still find yeah. all of this talking and understanding i know so much more about myself whether i want to say it's in related to the adoption world and jeff baby jeff or at the time i was dave you know we were both baby davids yeah but it's still we're still learning more and getting to that spot to that center of ourself again we're we're whether it's whether we're going to have all the answers or not we still can make improvements we can still understand more yeah i don't know i could do this till i'm 85 years old i don't know if i'll ever know everything there is but i do know the more i talk about it and speaking with people like you fellow adoptees we're learning and sharing and getting more information every day, every time we do this. So, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Going, going deeper. Yeah, going deeper. Um, just a funny aside. Uh, have you ever watched a show called The Royal Family? It's a comedy show. They're not, it's not The Royal Family, R-O-Y-A-L. It's Royal Family, R-O-Y-L-E. Have you heard of that show? No. Well, no. there is a character in it called Baby David. So that's, that's oh really yeah yeah so we're we're in it evidently we're 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 in it yeah um and uh, baby David's dad is David and baby yeah his granddad is also David yeah um oh wow it, it's it's a really like when I first watched the show um I I really didn't get it at all but it, it's basically the same story every every week it, it's just it's all about characters and this. The family sits around the television, um, and yeah. uh, and bitches and moans and um, and there's occasional lightness and a lot of comedy, um, yeah. but yeah, baby David's in that. Um, yeah, they um, they're all in denial. All the characters in the in, in the all the characters uh, in the show are in denial, really. Yeah, apart from the mother, I think that the the mother is kind of okay, but the the the, the dad um, David is well, baby David is in denial because he's just a baby, but Dave yeah. his dad he's in denial. Dave's father-in-law he's in denial. Dave's Dave, Dave's daughter who is you know the the mother baby David's mother she's in denial as well, uh, and it, it's just a, a yeah royal family. It's, uh, check it out. It's worth worth watching too, but it's very. The first time you watch it, it just won't make any sense, but it, it, it's hilarious. Um, when I saw, uh, when I saw that a piece of paper that that had David Anthony Flower on it, right? So the the name my birth mother gave me, the name the name Patricia Joan Flower gave me. I really wasn't expecting Great last name. Sorry. That's a great last name. I love Flower. That's oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a band. What's the band? Uh, Hot House Flowers. Yeah, Hot, Hot House Flowers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we had a birth mother on the show whose name is Patricia Jane Florin. I think. I think it was Jane, and and my birth mother's birth name was Patricia Joan Flower. It's like that's really spooky. You know how how similar. Somewhere. Yeah. Um, I was going to the office of this post-adoption support place to get the name of my birth mother. That's that's what I was expecting. Um, and and I saw that, yeah, Patricia Joan Flower. Okay, yeah. And then underneath it, it, it had something like baby's name at, at, at birth. And it said, David Anthony Flower. And I thought, Oh, I've had two names. Um, that's a bit, a bit weird. What was your reaction when you found out that you were David? I um, I was, t- I mean, I saw the papers later, but I was informed over the phone when I called my birth mother oh, back wow. in the 90s. Um, and I recorded the whole thing on a TDK 90-minute cassette tape and I still have it but um she said you know I said uh, you know I said my name I'm Jeff Forney and on November 30th 1968 you and I shared the miracle of my birth and it kind of blew her away um you know there was a whole thing that they kind of trained you to do back you know and so I went through that whole process anyway she kind of got thrown off and then she went, I could hear her grab a tissue in the other room and come back and wipe her nose. And she's like, you know, what would you say your name was again? Because I named you David. And I was like, Oh, I'm like, well, I'm Jeff. So I repeated, I'm, I'm Jeff Forney. And it just, but in the back of my head, I'm like, Holy crap. I, right. I, I, I didn't really think of what my name possibly, I didn't think that, I would have been named at yeah, that point, but I guess, yes, you know, uh, send little baby Moses out in the river, name it Moses. Or, or I don't know. I, you know, I, I hadn't thought of that. So that was a little bit of a, like, Oh shit, I'm a David. So, um, 
that's when I found out and it was quite uh, surprising. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a trip. Yeah. Yeah. It was a trip. I, 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 like you, I wasn't expecting to, I, I, I wouldn't have thought that she had given, I, I would have thought it would be tough, tougher for her to, to, yeah. you know, and um, I hear stories from birth mums uh, on the show who were, uh, who were given drugs, knocked out whilst they were giving birth, and there's been so they were they they were they were passed out. They weren't conscious, uh, and, and yeah. you know, or the and there's been a, a sheet in front of them, so they can't see right. the baby, and they never see the baby. And I'm like, what? Like, so <sighs> yeah. Um, but this. This uh, this self thing, this identity thing, this name thing, you know, like one of the things that fascinates me is in, in terms of self is I, I was listening to um, a mentor of, of mine. In, he's in your part of the world, actually, uh, in um, I don't remember what part of L.A. It's maybe it's. Uh, no, it's, I think it's San Diego. I think I'm not sure. Anyway, um, he, yeah. he he said he, he's a consciousness guy, um, pers- you know, probably personal development, personal development coachy kind of a bloke. And he 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 said to me, um, "We're looking for the truth." So he has nothing to do with the doctrine, right? But he said, "We're looking, we're looking for the truth, right?" And and so what what is true? And and he did this little shtick with uh he held up a pen he said what's true yeah. is that you know whilst i'm in this earth's gravity if i drop this pen the truth is it's going to fall down right it's going to it's going to right fall, right so the truth never changes the truth never changes um and i i must have heard that around the time that i learned that i was david anthony foster flower rather before yeah. i was simon jonathan back and I put those two things together, and I sometimes do that that little trick as well to say, you know, the truth. Our our names, because they change, they can't be the truth of who they are or who we are. Right. Yeah. We're we're um. They're just labels. Um, it's just old, yeah. Yeah, but people say, well, have you got ID? You know, have you got ID? And right, right. Okay, this is who I am. This is my this is my name. Well. No, that's not who you are. And, and like, well, when we're thinking about the journey, when I'm thinking about the journey to the center of ourself, I'm thinking, well, what do I mean by self? You know, do I mean my, you know, like you, you're saying, our, our chapter one, do I mean, a, you know, like our, our, our chapter one, do our, our, our name, our trauma, our story, our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, it, it kind of all, yeah, and I, um, it's funny. I listened to this guy, and I'm sure a lot of people are because the guy's kind of out there right now with his new book. This guy Gabor Mate, and he was saying, you know, we are not our trauma, and we are, you know, who we are. It's also we are not our name, and you could be David or Simon or. I could be David, Jeff, I could be Patricia, whatever you want to call me. But inside here is, you know, who the self, the self is the soul, the, you know, the person that can remain nameless, but who is our entity, who we are, it's our brain, our body, the things that happen, um, our experiences in life. Um, those help make up and it's not so much that, uh, that name that we were given and yeah, it's a, it is quite interesting how much, uh, we can put on that, but yeah, we we're kind of humans. We're all in, in essence, we are nameless beings that, um our compilation of memories and experiences and things and that but um uh yeah gosh yeah. i will i hope i yeah. didn't ramble too much but yeah no, no. i hear this is this, this is the stuff that fascinates me um 
Yeah. And and I am I've listened to some stuff from Gabo Mate as well. And and the guy the guy who whose name I always check on on the show is the guy I'm listening to all the time, is this guy called Rupert Spira. And he would say, um, he would agree with much of what you said there, but he would disagree with the memories bit. So he he would be looking at um where he would agree we're not our, our trauma. And I and I think decoupling ourselves from our trauma, being able to put a line in the sand and say, this is the trauma and this is who I am. Yeah. As not as a bumper sticker, but um as a as as a belief, right? Right. That's a nice idea that some slightly wacko bloke from Yorkshire says, right? That's me. Um yeah. but not, not, not an intellectual not an intellectual understanding that I am not my trauma, but no, like, no, really, really, we are not our trauma. Yeah. Like, uh, decoupling. So he would say we're not our trauma. He would say we're not our trauma. He would say we're, um, what's trauma made out of? Feelings and thoughts. Now, this is my stuff, actually. I would say what's trauma made out of? Trauma's made out of feelings and thoughts, really. It's a feeling of insecurity, uh, it, it it's it visited me right on uh, it visited me on Sunday night when I got that email or those series of emails from that yeah. person trashing me. <clears throat> she she sent me another couple as well. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, you uh, triggered something, my friend. You triggered well, something. I you know. I triggered something. I think my lack of response probably triggered it. Um, the so the the third so she sent two trashing me. The third one um, just pointing me at a a um, at a resource, which I thought was kind of interesting because I hadn't asked her to 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 do that um, or for her opinion on my stuff. But, the, but then but then the fourth email came in um, last night, and that was that was that was uh, trashing me. I felt under attack. I felt a visceral feeling of of of, of yes. So, um, uh, yeah, I don't know uh, what what you would call that vulnerability. You know, I I, I felt scared. Yeah. Let me ask you: Are you going to respond to this? Are you going to? Oh, okay. So she sent me three emails. Right. Um. And then I responded to the third because I, I thought, well, she needs to know where where we're at, um, and, and and I just did it a, a polite email, and, and uh, then she came, then she she came back at me again, um, and I haven't come back to that. Uh, but it, hey, it, it's a learning moment for me. Like you, you talked about. Uh, un- a daily practice for you being aware of your reactions to stuff yeah and 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 seeing what's coming up so i'm glad that it happened because it, it it's it's given me another uh, it's given me another uh, another um uh, like a healing insight right yeah you know um another little chunk to chew on you know you got a little on more... and, and it's the ongoing yeah. thing so what what is trauma? It, it's it, it's uh, for me in that moment on Sunday night. It, it was a, a feeling of being under attack. Yeah, um, for for my beliefs and for, well for my words actually. She was trashing something I said on a on the podcast. Um, so if if trauma is a uh, trauma is a, a, a feeling, um, and and then and and it's and it has a thought, you know the. The, the 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 thought that we have that we're not good enough you know adoptees think we're not good enough what's wrong with me am i faulty i'm a damaged goods what's faulty uh, so so but rupert would spira would say well no we're not our we're not our trauma and, and therefore right. we are not the feelings part of the trauma we're not the thought part of the trauma we're not our words or our actions or our labels or anything um he would say we are Consciousness. We are the space 
in which all that stuff is is going on. So he would say we are. He would use the word consciousness. Um, gotcha. So when I think about self, um, I, I, I'm I'm going as far as I can down there, down those layers to, to, to the to the self, as in we are, you are consciousness, I am consciousness, everybody else in the world is consciousness. And at that level, this, this may seem um, uh, philosophical, and may, maybe it is, at that level, um, there is. We are not our trauma. We are not. Our, we're not. Our, I am not my feelings of insecurity, or um, I'm not my yeah. vigilant self. Yeah, like I'm under attack from this. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a continual uh, continual uh, discovery, and yeah, understanding that we all have these uh, issues, but how much to attribute. Yeah. I, I, sometimes I get into a little bit of hot water. Um, there are some adoptees really are quite angry. I wish I could do more. And they, you know, they blame a lot of things uh, from the adoption bureaucracy to the relinquishment and it, they blame their their work their relationships their career whatever it is on the adoption and i don't i want to be careful not to throw everything into that adoption basket you know i want to make sure that hey these are all things that we can look at but let's not put everything everything onto it you know the idea of like how much do we attribute to our adoption i you know i don't know and i'll you know we'll continue you and i and others will continue to search and seek and see what what that will reveal but i think what we do get uh by looking at this stuff and you and i here is we're you know the the one thing that i think we all as adoptees need is to be able to know there's someone out there that might have experienced something the same way that we did. And if we can identify, I still don't know all my answers, but knowing that you're here, my friend, you know, sitting in, in the UK, it gives me more strength. It gives me a little more um confidence that there are other people dealing with it too and you know that's why you know more of these sh stories we can share uh there is healing that can happen you know to what percentage 75 percent 40 percent 90 percent how much goes into our little uh, adoptee baskets as we're going through the market i i don't know that but I do know that when people hear stories or hear me discuss my concerns or my vulnerabilities or insecurities, uh, oh, I, I felt that way too. And then they're opening up and then they're talking and then we're having a wonderful coffee chat for an hour and they feel so much better. And so do I. Yeah. So we're, you know, and we're not the only people adoptees. There are many yeah. groups of people that have, had a lot of different you know we're one of many so yeah. we're not unique to the trauma world yeah indeed indeed fantastic and um i'd love to for you to come on uh in in the future jeff and uh i think that we and, and hear more about what you're learning and one of the things that you know uh, that i the the dots that i joined until right now and i feel well that's a bit silly time but you know like the um that like the in, in your 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 old career uh, in 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 the modeling where you're being judged all the time um there must be like insecurity must be absolutely rampant um, i i think um there it was quite rampant i was a little luckier i got into the business um i had finished university and 
I, I did a calendar for the university, a sorority here in California at the university. They did a, a fundraising thing. And I was like one of the months of the year. Uh, but I, you know, fell into that, but I already kind of knew who I was not as much as I do now, but I was 23 when I got into the business, um, I was working with 16 and 17 year old women, girls, females that had left high school, never went to university. Uh, even some male, uh, some guys that had started very young. And I think it's, hard to try to build a personality of who is Jeff or who is Simon when people are telling you, you are the Vogue cover of the month, or you are the new, uh, you're doing the campaign for Gucci. And I, I really feel that after high school, university years are great to kind of set up some building blocks as to who we are. And if you're using building blocks that are magazine covers and runway shows and kind of that world, one day those building blocks, those are like castles yeah. in the sand. Those things that a little later when you're 30 and 34 or a little older, I mean, Granted, you can model later into life now, but you will lose that kind of in the beginning. You you're on the scene and you're like a minor celebrity out there, and then that fades away, and then you get back and you know you're still there. But yeah, you've you've built your life on oh, I'm this person who was this, and when that goes away, well, I hope you have some other way to figure out. You need some other building blocks that are a little more stable uh, and not built in the sand, so to speak. So. Oh, yeah yeah so um jeff thanks for coming on man um really enjoyed it and uh thank you to listeners for listening is there anything you want to uh, talk about before we mm -hmm. no i think we've uh covered a great deal uh thank you for having me on and um and i think we'll just continue through podcasts and uh, the photographs that I post to my Instagram will keep, you know, and I am doing some interviews of stuff as well, trying uh, people in reunion, trying to figure that out. Uh, hopefully we'll be even more enlightened the next time I see you, my friend. And hopefully I, I want to be sitting in your backyard with a biscuit and yes, some tea. tea yeah. <laughs> One of these days. Yeah. Okay, buddy. Thanks a lot, listeners. Thanks, Jeff. And we'll speak to you again very soon. Cheers. Bye-bye.